Welcome to the Rise to the Challenge podcast. Join me today. He's a real estate broker, entrepreneur, and the host of the Real Build podcast. It's Bill Reinman. How are you doing today, Bill? Good. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm excited to learn all about your rise to the challenge. What we like to do first is go right to the beginning. Talk about where you're from and what were you involved in growing up? Uh, I am originally from outside of Chicago and was born in St. Charles, Illinois, right outside of Chicago, but grew up here in Southwest Florida, uh, Naples, Marco Island area. For those of people that know Southwest Florida, a lot of people don't, but it is growing very fast. So, um, you know, so that's where I'm originally from. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, just a little bit about me. I mean, I'm in the real estate business. I'm also in new construction here. Uh, that business is booming down here in Florida. It seems like everybody is packing up and moving down to Florida where the sunshine is. So uh, I just, I actually had a meeting with a guy from New York and he said it was snowing up there too. So uh, yeah, I can see why people are coming down here. It's been 80 every day. So uh, yeah, just, I mean, a, brief thing about me is that's kind of what I'm doing as far as business wise and so on. So appreciate you having me on. Living in St. Charles, Illinois, I'm familiar with that area being from the St. Louis area. Do you see yourself more as a tropical guy now that's living in Florida or do you oh. kind of miss that kind of city life being in Illinois? I mean, that's growing up down here. It's pretty much, I am a tropical guy. Like when I went away to college, I played division one football and I went up North for a year. I only lasted a year, uh, you know, because the cold was a different world after playing football my whole life down here in Florida and the heat. So I ended up transferring back down here, but I'd say more tropical. Definitely. I mean, you obviously in Florida, you, the one thing you do not get which would be nice as seasons but you know and seeing the seasonal change and everything i guess uh living down here you take that uh you know the sunshine a little more for granted than uh you know others that are coming down here from the cold and and loving you know so i'm just so used to the heat and being down here all the time the summers are brutal down here so was football always that sport that you wanted to pursue long term or were there other activities that you kind of found a passion in? Uh, football was always the one. I, I played basketball a little bit growing up and I really uh, transitioned my main focus to football because I loved it so much uh, and it was my actually my true passion and I was really good at it. Uh, basketball, I was okay. I was an athlete, so I was I was good at basketball, but I didn't see myself making it to the NBA anytime soon. So, or college level, uh, being six foot two, uh, also. So, you know, football was kind of my my go to growing up. Uh, I played since I was a little kid, and then all obviously all through high school, and then I played two years in college as well. What's something that athletics taught you about yourself that you didn't know? Uh, probably the teamwork or it's more teamwork on top of leadership aspect too was, I mean, I was a team captain in high school, most of my career and having that leadership, uh, quality and, and that made me kind of, I guess, express it more or figure out that I could be a leader. And I, I mean, that's important with business, obviously in running a business, you have to lead. And I guess as a you know, being younger, you don't realize these things and how, you know, they develop into you later in life and how important they are. So I, I think that kind of helped 
breed me into a, a leader, you know, as a, at a young age. I think definitely that conversation comes up with a lot with athletics and especially in these sports where they kind of think about themselves as an individual. And as they get older, they notice that these skills and these things that sports teach you, you're going to be using it in everyday life. How teamwork is a huge thing because without the team, you're not going to be able to complete a project. And if there's always that one person that's trying to stand out, usually it goes downhill from there. And it's always that domino effect. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Teamwork, playing sports, it was a big part of my life and the teamwork aspect and having to work with, be around a team, especially football, you're around a group of guys constantly too, to where, you know, you just, ha- you have to all work as one too, but obviously that goes into the future. When you're running a business, you have to build a team. You can't be a one man show. It's, it's impossible. Some people can try and do it. You know, we have computers and all that, but still you build a business, you're going to hire employees and you got to figure out how to hire employees that are going to respect the business and build those employees and to people that want to work for you long-term. Growing up, did you have any motivations or someone that was an inspiration for you? Yeah. Um, growing up, I mean, it was, I was mostly pretty, it was my dad. Uh, and I mean, I, I say that because I saw how hard my dad worked. I mean, I give, obviously you got to give a shout out to my mom too. My mom was a hardworking stay at home mom. She took care of three kids and, and, uh, we weren't these, I wasn't the easiest kid, but, um, you know, and I give a lot of credit to my mom, but my dad had such a big influence on me growing up because I saw how much hard work he put into, uh, you know, just us and the family and everything and, and starting from nothing and building a business from scratch and, and really making, building a big company and then transitioning into other things too. I mean, I didn't see him as much as like when I was a little kid, but you don't remember that you just remember. And I've said this on other podcasts, you just remember the, the important things like him going to, sporting events and stuff i would look up in the bleachers i would see my mom and my dad there that was important to me you know not so much uh you know me him being home all day long and stuff so i and i'm a big believer in what your parents do as as you're a kid and as you're growing up really you know show shows some uh shows you how you need to be in a lot of different ways i mean if you're if if your dad's a hard worker, stuff like that, that's kind of what was taught to me and put into my mind that I had to be too, you know, and, and he wasn't just sitting at home or, or not doing anything. He was always, you know, out just working, working his butt off and trying to get ahead. And that's what he instilled in us too. Growing up, I always had to work for what I wanted. Uh, you know, I remember being a little kid going to job sites and stuff like that. And, and always just having to work, even in, in high school, friends were going to different things and events or the beach and I would be at work, you know, or college, uh, I, friends would be going to parties and I'd have to come home to work. So it's just, it really instilled a hard work ethic in me. And he's been a very good role model and mentor to me and teaching me how to, you know, get ahead in life. Do you think you cherished and valued everything that your dad taught you to where you are using those same techniques in your businesses that you're doing today? 
Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, a lot of the stuff he says and, and has taught me and done and showed me and stuff like that, uh, I've implemented personally myself. Obviously, I do a lot of self-development stuff too. I, I learn from a lot of high-level entrepreneurs, but my dad has done, you know, he's, he's, I, he's the man of many hats. He's done a lot of different things in life, so I respect him quite a bit. I mean, he was in Vietnam, built, a, built, you know, got out of Vietnam, did a bunch of different business stuff, and then worked, basically worked his way up from nothing, building a concrete company, uh, and then built a custom home business too, and then started from scratch in Florida and did it all over again. So, uh, a lot of respect there. I, I listen every time he talks, even though it may not seem like I do, you know, and I hear those bad stories over and over again. Uh, you know, like I used to do it this, you know, but things change too. And I have to learn how, you know, it's a different business environment and you have to pivot and you have to do things differently. And, you know, I do things a little bit more the modern way too, but I, I implement a hundred percent of what he's done and so on too. So. When your dad was getting involved in like houses and that kind of industry, were you starting to find that passion and be wanting to be a part of that with him? Uh, no, I, I, to be completely honest, no, because as a kid doing the things I had to do was the hard stuff. So, you know, you go out sweeping job sites, digging ditches, doing the odds and ends that nobody wants to do, uh, just working out in the sun, sweat, you know, just, just a lot of grind, a lot of, you know, that grunt kind of labor, I guess is a way to put it. And so it, with construction, it was something like growing up, I was like, eh, I'm never going to do this, you know, like as a, as being younger, you don't really know what you're going to do. And then it kind of turns out that you're like, all right, what am I doing? Why wouldn't I do this? I, you know, play the cards you've been dealt. You, you, you we are all dealt a hand. You play them the way you want to play them. But it's the thing is, it's like, I grew up in the business. I know it more than anything. Construction really has helped my real estate career as well, just because I know how houses are built from the ground up. I know what goes into them. So I have that knowledge that a typical realtor does not. And it's hard to learn this stuff too. You, a book can't teach you this stuff, but actually physical labor does. And being out in the trenches and, and out in the field is what the le true learning experience comes from. And growing up in that it was a love hate thing, but obviously I love it now. And, and I have a true passion for it. I have a true passion for our product along with my brother and, uh, we're building the business. We're doing a lot of luxury homes right now. And, and it's been great. So can't complain. As you're getting closer to college, th there's always that question, that dream job, if it wasn't going to be in real estate, all that, what would have it been for you? Uh, a professional football player, obviously. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I wanted to play pro football. I had dreams, uh, you know, being a professional athlete, like every kid that plays football does, obviously there's a very small percentage that actually do it. Injury was part of my, my, uh, pathway of going a different direction, but yeah, probably professional athlete definitely would be where I'd want to be. What was the mindset when you were picking an uh, education path? Where were you hoping to go? And was football that main reason that you picked that school? Football was always my main drive uh, throughout high school, obviously, too. I, you know, I wasn't a bad student at all. I 
probably could have been an even better student, but I really wasn't a bad student looking at my grades, A, Bs, uh, maybe a couple Cs here and there, but uh, that was always probably math class. But anyway, um, you know, it was football really drove my college career. I made so there, I had some bumps in the road in high school, dumb decisions that, uh, you know, young guys make and so on that kind of screwed up a lot of my recruiting and everything. And I ended up going to, I, I always knew I was going to go division one. That was a goal of mine. Uh, so I ended up going to obviously a smaller division one school up in sacred heart university up in Connecticut. And then I ended up transferring to Florida international university a year later, but it, it was definitely the driver in school, um, of, you know, the top of my mind wasn't what major I was going to do. Uh, if, if it was, I would have probably changed the, to a different major. If that was my drive, I probably would have done something different, you know, than I actually graduated with, but, uh, which I graduated with a business, uh, management degree and a marketing degree, which marketing, when I went through it, wasn't marketing today. I had to self teach myself. So anyway, it's yeah. Football was definitely the driver to answer your question. See, I know that same feeling about school doesn't really teach you until you actually get out into the real world. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I always think, like, why did I waste all that money to get an ed- get that piece of paper? But nothing they taught me is actually what really happens. No, if you look back at a lot of it, and I mean, I hate to say it because there might be some stuff you pick up. And obviously, you know, being in college, it is it's it's important. Uh, I wish, you know, obviously not being in college for a while now, I don't know what they're teaching. If it's anything like they were teaching me, they need to shift the educational system to more reality. you know, like, you know, my marketing didn't really consist of what marketing truly is today. Uh, social media. I mean, I hate to sound old, but it's really not that old because social media has moved so fast, but you know, it, it never really was an emphasis on social media, marketing, podcasting, doing the things that you have to kind of do to get yourself out there and get on these platforms, do video, do this, that type of content. I had to teach myself that that wasn't taught in school. I had to teach myself how to edit a video. I had to teach myself how to edit a podcast. And, you know, that would have been great to learn, but you are right. It's just, you know, like, having to take finance and stuff like that when you're not in going to be anything in financial the financial end like in in a business in the building end you know obviously we're monitoring our finances to an extent but we're not doing half the math they made us do so you know and there's an accountant for that who has to take finance in college and that makes sense so you know it's just i i highly agree with you i i mean that's a whole another topic i think the educational system needs to be altered but you know the street smarts and learning hands-on and stuff i'm a big believer in that because a lot of people coming out of college still don't know what reality is and they don't teach you how to run a business in college they don't i mean so that's another thing you have to learn on your own if I need accounting help, because that was not a class for me in college, I'll on YouTube nowadays. That's where you yeah. get all your information. Yeah. You talked about one of the challenges where you kind of ended your football career early. Talk about the mindset and mentally and how you were prepared for the next step going in a different path. Yeah, it was hard, uh, you know, because when you're when you're an athlete, that's your main focus. You live 
and breathe and sleep athletics. I mean, you just go to sleep, you know, the next day you're going to have to be wake up and, and football, you're going to have to be in the weight room or out running or working out. So it's just, your life is so dedicated to that sport. And then to have it stop, it's like, what do I do? You know? And, and at the time that happened, I ended up moving back. I, I was at Florida international university. I didn't want to continue to go there. Cause the reason I went there was because of football and uh not nothing against a school or anything great school but it's just i that wasn't my after football was done i was like what next so i moved back started working again uh doing labor being a labor for my dad uh, until i figured out what i was gonna do almost i thought about going into the military at that time uh my dad being an ex-marine my grandpa was an ex-marine i was like all right you know whatever i think i broke i broke up with my girlfriend at the time so i was kind of one in that place in that mindset of all right i gotta do something with my life so why not go to the military you know a lot of guys think that way too and my dad talked me out of it, obviously being a Vietnam veteran, he was a machine gunner. He went through Vietnam. He was actually in combat multiple, multiple times. Uh, he goes, absolutely not. Iraq was going on at that time too. He goes, I will not let you go through what I went through. So me, I listened to him. Thank God. Uh, I have a lot of respect for veterans and military too. Um, I can only imagine half the stuff they've been through or I can't even imagine, I should say, but uh, I had to shift. I had to figure out what to do. And that's when my sister was dating a guy at the time that was a car salesman. So uh, he actually brought it up to me. He's like, Hey, you know, why not hop into car sales? You you're, you're outgoing. You, you know, you probably can do it. Like you I don't see why not you're so he goes, just give it a shot. I'll get you a job. So I did. I was the youngest one there by far. That was kind of my transition. At that time, I was about making money and, and you can make a lot of money selling cars. And that is a 20 year old kid. I was like, this is good money. When, and especially after I learned it too. And, you know, this story kind of was a lot that made me that car sale job actually made help mold my sales career and, and to who I am today. I'm very grateful for it you know, because I went in there not knowing what to do or, or, you know, where to go, or I don't even know, I didn't know anything about these cars. So there, I remember, I always tell the story because there was a top salesman there. He wouldn't even look at me. He was a top salesman at the dealership. Wouldn't even look my way. Wouldn't even acknowledge my presence and that presence. And that pissed me the hell off. So I go, I'm going to beat this guy. I'm going to figure this out. And what I actually did was not knowing anything, kind of just sitting there. They didn't really teach me much. I went to the actual, they had this room, they had brochures in there. Uh, not everything was online at the time. So you actually had the car brochure back. I don't even know if they still have car brochures, but this was like 2008, I think. But anyway, so I go in there, grabbed every single brochure, brought them home that night. Uh, I was back living with my parents, which sucked. So I uh, went in the room, my room and, and kind of wrote down on a notepad, you know, what, what is certain things are this and that. And, uh, I wrote down every detail it was Dodge and Mazda or Dodge and Chrysler. And then Mazda, they were actually selling Mazdas too. It had two separate notepads, wrote every single car down and every single detail about each and every car took those notepads to work each and every day, boom, whatever car that person was interested in, you open that notepad, read every single thing, looked like an idiot doing it, but I didn't care. 
Uh, and then it just over time, boom, got in my mind. I knew every single car, every single part about it. And then over time, it was like the second month there, my sales went up third month there. I was right at the top. Look at that fourth month there, top in both Mazda and Chrysler, fifth month there, top Mazda Chrysler. So that guy, I beat him every single month. And then he started talking to me, acknowledged me and, and came over and sat with me. He's like, Hey man, I'm, you know, and introduced himself. So long story short, that really molded me to who I was getting into a different environment than construction, you know, and having to figure it out and grind and, and, and just every day I worked every single day as a 21 or 20 year old kid. And it was like, it was a lot of work, but you were only a commission based part. That's how you made money. I made money. I got ahead. Uh, and then I ended up going back to college. Cause I was like, you know what? You're close to your degree. Why not? I'm young. I didn't want to sell cars the rest of my life, uh, at, tw- at 20 years old. So I didn't see that as my path of choice, made good money and then went back to college and blew it all in college. So, <laughs> anyway did you feel at that young of an age that you always had to prove something like you had to prove to your bosses that I'm worth it here I'm worth the investment because your girlfriend or your sister's boyfriend gave you that opportunity and you had to prove to make to show them that it was the right decision for you to work there it wasn't so much proving him. It was always proven to myself that I can do something. I'm very in my mind. If, if I set my mind to something, I do it. And I want to prove to myself that I can do it. And I know that I can, I'm competitive. I mean, we're all competitive by nature. And, and I just knew that I wasn't going to sit there and just sit in a chair. And then when people came up, because I saw guys like that, that I worked with, you know, people would come up, They'd be like, well, you know, how can I help you this and that? And then they go talk about the car and it wasn't anything special and the people would leave. I didn't want to be that person. I wanted to be the person that everybody approached. And I was clean cut, youngest one there, looked good. And I wanted to know what I was talking about because, you know, and, and you always want to prove people like there's a manager there. I wanted I wanted to prove to the owners that I was the best one there, too. And I became close to the owners that own the dealership. And they actually started trying to train me into being a manager at 20 years old, which is insane. And, you know, you get a salary as a manager and most people would have stayed for that and taken a hundred thousand dollars a year, I think is what managers are making or 90 or something like that back at, back at that time. But I thought I could do more. And plus I wasn't ready to stop doing, I mean, I was so close to a college degree. I wanted to be the first in my family to get one. Uh, cause no, my parents never got one. My brother and sister didn't either. So I wanted to be, get that too, and complete the college. Cause I might as well, you know, I had, I was so close cause of being in college cause of football. So I was like, you know, might as well do it. And then it was just, yeah, to answer your question, it wasn't to prove to my sister's boy, boy, well, ex-boyfriend at the now, but, uh, she's married to a wonderful guy now, my brother-in-law, but you know, it wasn't so much to prove anything to him because he didn't work there anyway. He ended up working at a different dealership, but he just got me that job because he had connections there. It was just a lot of proving to myself. And that's what I do quite a bit is just, I don't know, when I set my mind to something, I just want to do it and do it good. So you made the transition going back to college. What did it feel like to finally be able to complete it or take that next step to further your career? 
it felt good to complete it. Uh, I mean, college is, you know, it's a party. Uh, it's, you know, and, and I'm just going to be honest that, and that's what I did a lot of too. I, and you know, you looking back, do I wish I would have just hopped in maybe to real estate at the time? Yeah. And started making money that way. And been, and I'd probably be light years, even a light years, years ahead of where I am now. But then nothing against college, like college made me who I am too, because you go through having your, your, you get, you're in a social setting. Um, I've done a lot. I mean, I was in a, I did the fraternity thing too. So I tried that. I was an athlete, didn't get to really have fun while I was an athlete as much because you're so strict with everything you do. And then, so I let loose a little bit when I went back and did the fraternity thing and stuff, but still doing that, like I still had to come home and work. Like I said, there's parties and I, my dad was the one that's like, I need you. I need you this weekend to do this, this, and this, you got to drive back. So I drive back to work and go to work. So, you know, college didn't make me who I was today or help with that. Yeah. I mean, cause you have those life experiences in college that you never would, you know, and, and that's the thing is like, I'm not, I've been there, done that. And then now, now I'm been growing up quite a bit and so on. I have two, I have two degrees and, you know, I'm thankful for them, but now in the business I'm doing, I could be doing what I'm doing without college. So. I always look back in my college days and I did the whole fraternity thing, but I was never that type of person that it was, oh, I have to go party all the time. I'm like, I got to get this degree, get out of here, start a <laughs> career in a way. But I felt that my, doing and taking that opportunity, I found more things that I enjoy. Events, yeah. um, talking or like public speaking, stuff yeah. kind of like that. And when I take it to what I do today, like that has helped me even more, but I'm still trying to find what have to learn a lot more things. Like I, I didn't know how to edit stuff. I didn't know how marketing design things. And I'm learning every day how to do those. So I'm thankful for that opportunity, but I kind of wish I did other stuff at the same time, but that I'm one of those people. I don't have any regrets. Everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. You're here to where we are today. For the things that we've done. Yeah, big time. I agree with you 100. percent Don't get me wrong; I didn't party the whole time in college. <laughs> I had fun though, <laughs> but I had fun though. And and the thing is, though, I wouldn't change it for the world. I wouldn't change that experience. I met a lot of great people there. I have a lot of great friends right now that are doing big things. They're entrepreneurs themselves too. Uh, that were roommates and so on. And and a lot of great connections came out of out of college as well too and and just yeah there's the learning experience and the things that you the opportunities that you get in college as well uh it's i mean it's priceless i i you know i can't complain at all i'm glad i went back i'm glad i went through the years there that i did met the people that i did and had a lot of fun as well doing it my parents both know that a little bit, I guess, not to, to an extent, but it was a good time. It was, and I, I learned a lot. It was a great experience. And I highly recommend it. During this time and even now transitioning out of college, personally, was there anything going on that was making it a challenge for you to pursue the things that you wanted? Or was everything going as you thought it would be and you were going to that next stage in your life? Um, 
I mean, you you always have the bumps in the road and everything. I didn't know if I was going to be, I didn't think I was going to be in construction because when I graduated college, I was kind of in a rut uh, too, personally. I mean, I got into an accident, uh, not with anybody else. Uh, this was a big moment in my life too, that I, I really look up to and, and very thankful to God that, because uh, I shouldn't be here. I mean, it's just impossible how this accident uh everything happened with it and how I ended up the truck ended up the way it did. It just made no sense. 55 miles an hour going one direction. I uh, lost control of the vehicle. The vehicle did at 55 miles an hour, a whole entire turnaround and then went over the only small guardrail that was there that prevented me from going into mangroves. And if anybody knows what mangroves is or doesn't know what they are, they're actually trees that are in, in the water uh, if I would have went into them, I would have went into the trees, probably would have died on impact on top of drowned. So uh, it's because it, they are in salt water and so on. So that one little guardrail saved my life. Uh, and the, my friend that was with me saved his life too. And it's just, it's a miracle almost of how that happened, of how a car can turn completely around, then go the opposite direction over a guardrail. To this day, I can't think of how that's possible besides the man upstairs. So anyway, big on faith, big on all that, but that changed a lot of the course of my life because uh, obviously, you know, that was an experience. I, drinking was involved obviously too. So it just a lot of events happened at that moment. I lost my vehicle. I lost a lot at that time to where, you know, I had to figure things out. And that's how my parents where my old man was, is just, uh, all right, you're on your own. You don't have a car, figure it out, figure out how to get back to school. You got to finish college, blah, blah, blah. And this was towards the end of my college, uh, basically towards the end of college. And I didn't have a car. I had to walk to class. I had my girlfriend at the time drive me here and there when she could, when she wasn't working and a roommate here and there too, had to take a bus home from Tampa all the way back down to Naples, uh, because my dad wanted me to work one weekend. So, when I got out of school, I didn't have a car. Uh, my dad made me ride a bike to work. Uh, so I had a backpack full of tools, would hop on a bike and ride to different job sites or the different job I was working at at the time, which was a house I was renovating and learning and so on. But I didn't have a car. So I had to basically work my way up to getting a car, bought a cheap car at the time. Uh, it was a cheap Chevy Malibu. Um, so, and blacked out, blacked it out with tint stuff, made the thing look cool. You know, it was the only, probably only Mal Chevy Malibu boo with, uh, tools. I still have the picture with tools so full in the trunk. It was unbelievable, but I actually leased it because I learned being in the car business, the leasing is the way to go, especially in a car like that because of value and so on. So had a cheap payment, uh, worked, worked my butt off to, continue to make that payment and then kind of worked from there. So that was the transition out of college. The answer to your question wasn't easy. Did I think I was going to be in the real estate business or in construction? No, I started actually, cause I got sick of having, you know, coming out of college, you have two degrees, you kind of are like, all right, I'm digging ditches, doing this stuff. What am I doing? So I started trying to find jobs. And then I also started looking into, I knew I was good at sales because of the car sales and all that. And I've done past sales too. 
So I started looking for sports jobs and sports as far as sales, like tickets, you know, uh, luxury box sales, stuff like that. Just wanted to be involved in sports some way, just get my foot in the door. Had a friend at the time worked for the Marlins. He got me an interview. I got interviewed by other teams too. Didn't really want to leave the state of Florida. Got interviewed by the Marlins and that was about to happen. And then finally my dad sat me down and said, what the heck are you doing? Uh, you know, you're not going to make any good money doing that because nobody goes to Marlins games. No offense, Marlins, but, um, you know, unless it's, they play the Cubs or the Yankees, there's more, I'm a Cubs fan. So there's more Cubs fans there than, uh, than, you know, Marlins. But anyway, so he was right. Uh, he goes, go get your real estate license. You can start, you know, learning the sales end of this. You're good at sales. You know, you'll start, I'll start teaching you even more about that end of things, grooming you in the business on that side. So long story short, got that. Uh, did the same thing as I did with car sales, really learned every single aspect of houses as much as I possibly could. And that's kind of where I am today as far as I'm a licensed real estate broker and obviously in new construction as well and love what I'm doing. We see nowadays on TV and Netflix, they always have those real estate shows. When you look <laughs> at something like that, is it actually taking the actual picture of what you guys do on a daily basis? Or are they kind of making it luxury in a way to make it look good? They're making it luxury in a way to make it look good because they have to for cable TV. I mean, you know, uh, and a lot of it, a lot of the leads and stuff they're getting and a lot of the people, because it's not that easy. They make it look easy, but it's really not. I mean, a lot of the stuff they're getting is for the show uh, and people are coming to them because they get to be on TV and get the hype and all that, which more power to them. Guys like Ryan Serhan, I have a lot of respect for them and and what he's doing as far as it being one of the top real estate agents in Manhattan, he's utilized that platform and that's really helped spring him to the top. So, you know, I give them credit. I can't talk bad against it. Uh, if I had the opportunity to do it, I'd love to, because it's only going to further your career. Now to answer your question, is it that easy? Absolutely not. You know, the typical realtor getting in the business, the first thing they're going to do is kind of work their sphere of influence. Okay, mom, dad, aunt, uncle, cousins, uh, friends, any of you guys want to buy a house? No? Okay. Now what? You know, so uh, let me go to my broker. Can I get leads? Are they going to give me leads? Most brokers aren't just going to feed you leads. You're going to have to figure it out yourself. So how do I do it? A lot of people aren't willing to get behind a camera or do social media promotion or anything like that. So then what? Well, here comes the fees. Here comes the dues. Here comes all this money coming in that you got to pay for MLS fees, all this kind of stuff. And you haven't sold anything. So it's, it's, it's tough. It's a, you know, and then you're paying commission. If you're at a hundred percent, uh, you know, you're getting paid commission. Then if you're at a hundred percent brokerage, you're still paying your monthly fees to them. You know, so this stuff adds up. And so unless you're really grinding, get knocking, you know, you, you just have to get out there. You can't expect it to get handed to you like those shows kind of, once again, no offense to the shows, but they make it look easy and it's not. So uh, there's a lot of realtors out there now, a lot of competition, especially now that times are good. Everybody's buying down here. Everybody's selling and everybody that's getting their real estate license like this is so easy. Just wait till it all pulls back, <laughs> which it will, and just wait. 
and then they're all going to be gone. And the ones that have that reputation that have grinded and, and it's hung around, they're still going to be here. And that's the way it always is, even in the building industry. Did you ever thought that I should always go into a job that had a salary instead of taking the risk and continuing on a commission-based job? Or do you think that helped you with the work ethic and kind of build a reputation in a way to make sure that you knew that this was the direction you wanted to go in? I never wanted to really be on a salary job. I've been on them. I never liked it. I just think that you're stuck in those and, and working for corporate, I never could see myself work, working for a corporation because you're just a pawn and, and their chest game. I mean, you're just a piece you're like, that's it. They can, they chew you up and spit you out whenever they want. And they don't, you're, they don't care. You think they care and they don't. I just had a friend that uh, he worked for a company for 15 years and they just let him go because of COVID. He thought he was untouchable and he was a supervisor and a, and I told him, I go, that's corporate America for you. They don't need you. I mean, money's what is important to them and that's it. So answer your question on that, being in the sales environment at a young age, I, it, it showed me how much you can make. I made a lot of money at 20 years old real fast. Uh, and that kind of got the bug in me to do it again and again and again. Uh, I'm big advocate on a sales position. I'm big advocate on commission-based businesses because you make how much you make. You determine that factor. There's nobody stopping you. There's no cap. Uh, you know, you can make a million dollars. You can make ten million dollars in a year, or you can make ten dollars. So it's just you determine your outcome and how much you grind and how much you do is what's determined. And I'm a big believer in that. All the stuff that I'm doing now that we talked about before your show. I think it's in the future, it's definitely going to benefit me. It may not, and I'm seeing results now, but I think I'm going to see more in the future, uh, you know, because the more online presence you have, the more you get out there, the more video you're doing, content and so on. You know, Gar guys like Gary Vee, for those who don't know him, he's been, he's big time influencer. He's been saying it for years now, years saying you got to get content out there. And it's, it's still young. It's still young. You got to get it out there. People still aren't listening, especially in real estate. People, people, everybody's buying through the internet right now. I just sold a house, $1.7 million house off FaceTime because the guy saw pictures, you know, and it was a cash deal. So it's just, it's crazy. And people are finding me off of videos and stuff like that and stuff I'm doing. And, and, and it's just, you, there's so much opportunity out there just by being online and people following you and picking you up and liking you and the stuff you do. I got a friend now, um, you know, his name's Derek. He's a real estate agent, does some crazy videos, uh, that are unbelievable. Um, it's just he, the stuff he's doing and they're hilarious. And he's been just getting a ton of business just off the video content he's been doing. Cost him a lot of money to do these things, but he's making it up now because everybody's seeing him. They love his content. They want him to list their, their houses because they want to see what video he's going to come up with. So it's, I'm big on commission, man. There's, I, I couldn't see myself working under somebody else under corporate being restricted by cash. They can lower your, I mean, they can lower your income, raise it when they want. And I just don't like that. I think it goes back to a topic that you talked about earlier, where with the car salesmen, the brochures, nowadays, everyone is trying to find something different that's out there to showcase. And I've seen some of your Instagram videos where you're doing videos. And from a person that's looking, I mean, I'm not saying I'm looking for a house right now, but 
it's appealing because it's a quick way for someone to see a house and you might get responses right away. What would you say is your biggest attribute or asset as a real estate agent? What sets you apart from any other agent or broker in Florida? Knowledge, construction knowledge, knowing, having the background, knowing how they're built from the ground up. I don't, I mean, there's realtors that know, but they don't know as much as I do just because I've grown up in the business. So, and that helps too, with people trying to find an empty lot or even build a house. I got people that get sold lots all the time that are crap lot, you know, they're just horrible lots. And, and then they come to me and then, you know, cost adds up because, you know, there's not enough fill or dirt. And then there's not, you know, the pilings that we're going to be driving go down way too far. There's animals on the lot that the state has to be, uh, get involved. Our Florida wildlife committee has to get involved and remove and that costs money and seawalls are bad. Then they got told they were, it's just, there's so many factors to know. And especially in the construction of the house, they don't have a clue. They talk about how big, nice the rooms are and the furniture is, but they don't know how the construction is, you know? And that's the thing is like, I can spot a cheap house from a mile away. I just know this, you know, I know when there's cheap cabinets, granite uh, tops and trim works horrible and windows and doors are cheap and interior doors are cheap. And why do they do this? And I, I call this stuff out. I'm just honest. You know, that's the thing. And I've, I've lost listings for being honest too, or lost at least not, not off, not really often at all. But I remember I've lost a listing just for, by being honest because, you know, it, the guy thought this was the most amazing house. He wanted to sell it overpriced. And I told him the truth. It wasn't, I didn't say your house sucks, but uh, I told him it needs work. It could have, you know, you can do this, this, and this gave him my honest opinion and he didn't like it. He didn't like hearing that because this, he thought it was his pride and joy and so on. And he went a different direction, which is okay. You know, we would have not have meshed well anyway. You don't work with every, you can't work with everybody. You can't get everything. And that's the thing in the construction business too. I'm not getting every job, but I'm getting a lot of great jobs with a lot of great people that mesh with me. They like my personality. I like theirs. It's a long-term relationship and you got to, you know, stick it out with these people and maintain that relationship for the future too. So yeah, I mean, that's kind of how it's just, yeah, it, that's how it is. <laughs> when did you kind of know that you're ready to try out different business ventures? As you talked about earlier that you are doing all these different opportunities. When did you know that the timing was right for that? Uh, it's, I, it all kind of stemmed off of each other. So obviously being, and I, I had a, I had a guy that I had a meeting with today. He was talking to me. He's like, you do real estate too. Huh? And I go, yeah. He goes, how do you have time to do that in construction? I go, there's the time thing. You can always make time. You could always find time too. Like I can do both. And I obviously am very grateful for the situation I'm in with the construction company. Cause my brother's with me and my sister. So my brother helps, my sister helps. I don't have the whole load on my back that's part of business and having those right people in place. We have a girl in our office that's been with us for years. I have my girlfriend working with me now too, helping me. So it's just, there's, it's just finding, you know, as far as your question with the opportunity aspect of it, I mean, being in construction kind of stemmed into real estate, real estate kind of in construction, both kind of stemmed into, okay, I get the question. Do you have anybody that does home watch? Well, I can, why not? Well, how much do you charge? 
uh, hundred bucks. I don't know. You know, so it's just, that's how that business started. And then that business almost went into a rental business and I had to pump the brakes because there's only one of me and I, you know, rentals are a whole different ball game. So, and then hopefully some future investing happens when this market isn't as crazy it is because I'm a big believer in Warren Buffett's motto that don't buy at the high. And I think we're at a very high, but unless you're personally buying for yourself, not as an investment, I should say. Uh, or I mean, if you're buying as an investment, not just for a personal residence, because if you're buying for a personal residence right now, you should be buying because, uh, it's, you know, it's personal, you know, and, and that's, that's a different story, but, uh, it, everything kind of stemmed off of everything and it just kind of turned into something, man. And I, I'm, I'm all about making money in different pathways and just getting ahead as much as possible and making my money work and putting it to work and, you know, doing random things like sports cards are a big business right now. I'm doing that. Me and you talked about that for a little bit, started opening an LLC for that, obviously for tax reasons and so on with sales. And I have fun. I love sports and, you know, I collected cards as a kid and now the hobby's blowing up again. So I got into that. Now I own a business with that too. So it's fun. It just seemed like sports cards came out of nowhere. Like two weeks ago, <laughs> I sold my dad was buying all of these because he was hoping these sports cards would pay for my college education. But then when we talked to someone, he's like, your, your dad bought in the wrong year. I'm like, oh, that's great to hear. <laughs> like everything needs to be like older, like the 80s, 70s, 60s. Mine were all from the 90s. And it's like, nah, they aren't worth anything. But it's crazy how big the card industry has become with during this pandemic. And I know Pokemon cards have been a hit. Sports cards are people are trying mm-hmm. to find. Taking back with the sports cards, was that kind of a way to fulfill that sports dream as you wanted to work in sports, but your parents told you you should go in a different directions, but now you're living that dream right now of in some way working with sports, even though it's not with a team. Uh, I don't know. I mean, that's kind of an interesting way to put it. And I never really thought about it that way. I, I just, I'm a fan. I love baseball. I love basketball. I love football. Those are my three main sports. I don't know. I, I only invest in those. I invest in what I know. I mean, I bought some Marvel stuff just to, you know, flip it, flip the box. I mean, I'm not going to, I haven't even opened the box, uh, or a couple, few of the boxes, but, um, I invest in what I like and yeah, the way you put it, it, maybe it is. I mean, I collected as a kid, the stuff I had as a kid wasn't really, I mean, a lot of the nineties stuff, like you said, was it's tough unless it's like Jeter, or, you know, like your, some of the Jordan stuff was, is still going crazy in the, from the nineties and those key, key players, Griffey, stuff like that. Um, but you know, I, I'm a big time. I, I enjoy it. It's a, it's a side hustle hobby. I mean, you know, after we get done with this podcast, I'm going to go and sort through cards, man. I, I, it's, it's not work to me. It's fun. It's just, I enjoy it. I, I enjoy, you know, the flipping aspect on the business aspect of it. I enjoy the collecting. Like I have three Mike Trout rookies right now. I'm a big Mike Trout fan. I'm going to sell two of them, keep one of them probably forever. You know, um, I love him as a player. He's a great player, even though I'm a Cubs fan. I, I'm just a Trout fan, though. Yeah, I know. I see that head. I see that sweater. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, unfortunately, you're a Cardinals fan. But anyway, um, you know. But uh, 
no i i i enjoy it man it's it's fun it's it's like right now sports cards is a hobby it's just a lot of people are getting into it it's great to see it it's great to see the market exploding comic books pokemon cards uh i mean you can collect any anything you think of that you enjoy as a collectible is probably going to sell for good money and people are just and i think with the way it's blowing up is not so much COVID because last year was kind of when it really started. It was pre COVID. It started the, the actual card market was climbing, uh, you know, NBA stopping and stuff. There was a dip in it. And then, then it kind of shot back up when the bubble happened with the NBA playoffs and so on. But, you know, more and more people did COVID probably help more and more people to figure out something to do. Yeah. Uh, that probably helped too. And, but then you think about like, you know, cryptos going crazy, stuff like that. People trying to get rid of cash because cash is becoming so worthless because they're printing it like crazy all the time and putting their money into physical assets instead of just cryptocurrency and other things. I mean, even though crypto is blowing up, but the stock market is so volatile right now. It's just, you know, up and down and people are worried about that, where that's going to be, because it keeps going up and up and up. And it's like, when's, when's that thing going to finally come crashing down? It's, is it soon? Maybe a lot of people are kind of thinking that. So, you know, they're putting money in real estate, they're putting money in. That's why there's a big surge in real estate because people are getting out of cities and they're going to the suburbs and buying real estate. And I got people that have money in the stocks that they want to liquidate into real estate and transactions. And there's people putting in money in the Michael Jordan uh, rookie cards and a PSA 10 that's selling for $350,000, you know, just to put it on. And then there's a uh, Mickey Mantle that sold for $5.2 million and he put it in a vault and he said he'd probably pull it out here and there, look at it and say night and then put it back in there. Luka Doncic, modern player, just sold for $4.1 million. So, you know, there's, there's big money to be made in the sports card industry. It's fun. It's like stocks, but you're dealing sports. Uh, a lot of the fantasy football people and the sports betters are getting into it too, because, you know, a guy like Luca, let's use a modern player goes off as a triple double, which is pretty frequently these days. I mean, his card's only going to keep, see, it's kind of stable now. I say buy Luca if you guys want a little pointer, but uh, <laughs> but it's going to go up because if you, when they get the Mavs get to the playoffs, if they make a good run, LeBron stuff's nuts right now. Uh, LeBron stuff will always be nuts. Brady, you know, Brady wins it. What's it going to be his eighth ring next year? If he wins another ring, like uh, that, his stuff's only gone up. Like these active guys too are decent investments. So it's, it's fun, man. I enjoy it. And it's a nice business to be a part of. See, I was a sports management major in college and oh, nice. I took a different path because sports, you always have to go into that ticket sales and I'm still climbing my way, building that resume, trying to get there eventually. But I'm just happy to see that the sports business is going back up. Like they're allowing fans to come back. Yeah, I will give you credit. Cubs Cardinals rivalry is one of the best. So anytime I go, <laughs> it's usually those games, cause yeah. you know, it's going to be a good one, but it's nice to see that things are they're heading in the direction with sports because that's a huge thing. Families were always watching it together. Everyone would spend time with each other going to the games. Now ticket prices are outrageous. I think I just saw Cardinals game $120 for the very top. Oh, jeez. <laughs> that's like four times the original price. But then again, they're only having limited. 
So you, as I mentioned earlier, you're the host of the Real Build podcast. What made you want to start that? And what is the mission you're wanting listeners to get out of it? Uh, I started it more as kind of a passion project type thing. I had a friend that was doing podcasts. He's actually in this entrepreneur group. I'm in Arte Syndicate, uh, just a giant group of entrepreneurs, great people, all like mindset, so on. But uh, he he kind of was doing it. I was talking to him about it. I was always curious about podcasts because I was listening to them more than I was listening to the actual radio or music. I still do that today. I don't, I don't listen to a lot of music anymore. I'm just a lot of podcasts, a lot of, you know, I'm on YouTube quite a bit now because of sports cards. I'm watching trends and stuff like that. Cause that's the stuff that kind of interests me, but a lot of motivational, a lot of, a lot of self personal development podcasts, stuff like that. And I don't know, they always kind of intrigued me. I was like, all right, you know, this is kind of cool. You can talk about what you want. You're not restricted to the radio. There's no commercials, you know, and you can hear from real people. It's almost like reality TV, but you're behind a microphone, you know, you're, you're, you're yourself. You can, and, and so I was like, you know what, why not? I talked to him. He kind of gave me some tips on what to do. I figured out a lot of different things to do myself, went the free route found anchor uh you know didn't use anchor instead of soundcloud i think is what he recommended and then started with a i knew i had to get a microphone started with a cheap one i think it was the snowball yeti one you know i used that one it was a cheaper mic not so cheap but uh started with that and then um kind of just went for it uh kind of thought about all right, what can I do? The real build came up as obviously real for real estate build for my build side. I do both. So that's how I came up with the name. And then I wanted to do something different. I didn't want to be like Tom Ferry and all these, you know, like teach realtors how to be realtors. I don't, you know, I'm not Tom, I'm not uh, Ryan Serhan. I wasn't a heavy, you know, I'm just, why should I be teaching you as a realtor? So I was like, okay, what can I do here? You have a great background in construction. You know, this market, you know, real estate, you've studied this market. What can I, what's, what's important? Oh, helping people, you know, what's not really out there. Oh, teaching people what to look for in real estate. Okay. What about construction? Let me look at that. Looked at construction how to be a contractor, how to be a, run your contracting business better. That's all that was really out there. So I'm like, okay, there's nobody teaching people what to look for in the construction industry. Well, I get questions all the time, every single day of what should I be doing, you know, when I'm looking for a builder or so on. So why not start a podcast? Yeah, I can make content, video content, you know, and do stuff through the podcast by doing it. And why not interview builders and top builders and see what they're doing as far as their customer end of things? Well, what's that going to do? People that are builders are going to listen to my show because they're going to learn from it because they're going to see what these top builders are doing in the construction industry for their clients. You satisfy the client, your business usually grows. So that's, that's you know, business 101. Your client's the most important thing because if you don't have clients, you don't have a business. So Anyway, so I really made the focus of my podcast more directed towards the consumer, uh, how to teach them what to look for in these industries. I bring bring on, you know, I'm trying to hit niche spaces like design and mortgages and 
And I, I have a real tur. I got a guy, uh, he's a fire code guy coming on this weekend. Then I got a realtor coming on next week. Cause she's a specialized, she's specialized in kind of the mortgage crisis stuff. So I want to talk about that with how inflated everything is right now. Uh, so I'm just trying to hit different topics to help people give them knowledge. And I had a closet designer on, she was great. I've had some very successful interior designers that have designed for celebrities. I had a designer that was on, she's a featured designer on extreme home makeover as we speak. Uh, so she was great, Brig and Jane. Um, so I, it's been fun, man. It's it, the connections and everything, but the main outlook of it is to show people what to look for in those industries and teach them and, you know, kind of help them. Cause I'm big as far as construction on doing it the right way. So I do a lot of solo episodes on how I do things too, as far as our business, we don't get every piece of business. Uh, cause a lot of people are price driven and I even have an episode on why the lowest price isn't always the best price. So, you know, to talk about that and the reasons why. So it's fun, man. You know, as you know, podcasting is a good time. Takes a lot of time, but it's a good time. When you're doing these episodes, are you always taking notes on something you can do better from the advice that they are giving? Yeah, uh, mentally, yes. Um, I, I use, yeah, a lot of the guests I've had, I, I listen. I'm, you know, that's obviously what podcasting is about is being a good listener and, and, you know, having a good conversation with the guests and like your podcast, just an open mic is the best way to do it where it's not scripted, it's off script and there's not just Q and a, um, I'm a believer in that too. And, you know, there's, I've used a lot of different things and a lot of different strategies these people are doing because they're, that's their profession. They're their top at it. And, and you kind of got to go into it with an open mindset. Anybody you talk to, if you're not going into it with an open mindset and you're closed minded and think you're the best, you're never going to get ahead. You know, that's the thing. I'm a big believer in that is, listen uh there's always you can learn every single day i'm a big believer in learning learning from different people listening and and that's what what's great about podcasting is i mean i've had people that are just getting started in the building industry two top top builders that are doing crazy numbers of homes each and every year and top investors that are doing crazy numbers on multifamily units and so on and and like I said, interior designers that have designed houses for JLo and Britney Spears and, you know, big time celebrities like that Jay-Z and Beyonce and stuff like that. Like, you know, it's crazy, man. You learn from these people and you, you, you kind of form these bonds and, and you just know them because you had them on your podcast. And if you see them out eventually in the world somewhere, you'd be like, Hey, and they'd be like, Oh my, you know, and it's like, you saw them yesterday. So <laughs> Uh, you know, it's, it's crazy, but yeah, I always, I'm always learning. I'm always learning for, from other people. If you're not doing that, then you'll, I, I hate to say it, you'll probably never get ahead. So you just always, it, it's always good to talk to people and learn from them. With every interview I do, I always tell myself, what's one thing I can utilize that my guests have said in my daily life, because I'm always about growing as an individual because I'm definitely no perfect person and I can always improve myself every day. But it's like how you said that it feels like we went on a whole journey. Like I know their life story or 
we went through the trenches because we've been able to share things. And I think that is the power of podcasting and networking, because when we networked on LinkedIn, we were completely in two different industries, Mm -hmm. but it shows that we both have similarities in our work ethic and what we look at in our work and stuff. And it just shows how powerful it is that two strangers can end up being similar in a lot of different ways. Yeah. And having a full conversation we've never even met before. Like that's the power of this. That's the power of technology now is you can just meet new people and, and build those relationships and continue to just, you know, work with each other and grow and so on and collaborate like we are now. And, and, you know, and you learn from each other, you learn from others. I'm big on that. And it's so easy today. I mean, there's no excuse for not doing these things and getting ahead too because it's only going to benefit you to do them you know that's the thing that's it's like every there's i just i have i i know people that you know they would never even think about doing this stuff or the time that goes into it and and like it's just it's crazy to me because it's just like normal you know like doing a podcast is normal to me now i thought it was such a big thing before but now you know, it's like, I got a podcast. All right. You know, it's exciting. Can't wait. Like, you know, I still got to write one you write. I always do an outline on mine because mine's that construction related. You got to like with just an outline to kind of help the guests too with my show, but it's, it's, you know, I still got to do that. And, and I'm excited to talk to the guy I'm interviewing on Saturday because I'm going to learn from fire code and stuff like this and big buildings and what he's doing. But so I know somebody else is going to listen to it and learn too. you know, my last interview was with a builder, a friend of mine, he's a builder in Australia and it was crazy to hear way their market is. I mean, their market's just as crazy right, right now as, as ours. Like, who would have known? Like, and it's like the exact same things are happening. So is this worldwide? Is this craziness because of COVID and people moving out of cities and so on everywhere? Like, and that makes you think too of, well, you know, it's just, it's crazy. So big advocate on it, man. It's like, you know, you can hop on somebody's podcast, not knowing them and then go walk away. Like, you know, each other, for, yeah. you know, years. So it's, it's weird, but it's crazy. <laughs> Looking at your journey and career so far, have you been able to separate personal with professional and still have a healthy balance? Yes. Yeah. Um, I have a girlfriend now. Um, she's, great she's amazing uh she's uh basically knows that i am a grinder she knows that i am a worker uh she works with me she sees me in the element every single day uh she sees how i am when i'm on something i i do it but it's also making time for her finding time to sit and watch a movie and i know she's gonna fall asleep so when she falls asleep then i then i go back to work um you know it's just it's 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 putting in the time though, like, you know, and, and when she's in bed or hanging out with her there before she goes to bed, you know, cause I'm a late guy. Like I stay up late. I still, like I said, I'm going to be sorting cards after this. Like, it's just what I like to do or I'm editing. Like I still have video I got to edit too. And, and it, you know, it's, it's finding that balance. Like, you know, I, we always go to dinner on Friday. We always, you know, go to dinner on Saturday and have dates or do something during the day, like 75 hard I'm doing right now. And with my outdoor walks, maybe she'll walk to, with me. Uh, we'll walk around a local park and hang out with each other and walk for 45 minutes. 
you know, so it's, it's figuring out how to structure your life, but also have your companion involved with you. I don't have kids now. Um, but obviously that's going to change my whole world when I do, because having kids isn't easy. Um, but you know, I've seen my dad do it and having that good partner that is able to support you. Cause I've been, obviously, you know, my background before this, I've been divorced at a, you know, I was, I kind of had my blinders on with my last one. It wasn't the right fit for me. I'm very entrepreneur mindset. You know, I, I didn't have a partner that was there to help me and, and grow with me. I had somebody that just, I had to basically take care of them and myself. So it was and and you want a partner that takes care of you. You can take care of yourself too, but you take care of them, obviously in your team, you want to be in a team kind of format with your partner. And and I have that now because she's the polar opposite of my ex. But uh, it's, you know, and there's, I'm a big believer and there is somebody out there for everybody. Uh, you know, I mean, some of my friends aren't the best looking dudes and they found their significant, you know, perfect significant <laughs> others. So there's somebody out there for everybody. No, no offense. But no, there really is. I'm a big believer that somebody's going to come into your life. Uh, that's going to knock you off your feet and you're going to have that opportunity to be with that person. And if you blow it, you blow it. You know, that's the thing you choose to walk away from it. Maybe it's going to take you a while to find the next one. Uh, you know, God puts people in your path, uh, in all kinds of different ways, whether it's relationship, friendships, and so on. Uh, so I'm a big believer in that, but, um, yeah, it's, it's fine. The balance is important. You can't just work all the time. Like I said, I find those little moments like, to where, but I also, she, I put an impact on her, you know, I'm all about work. I'm all about getting ahead. I'm all about, you know, she's working right now. She doesn't have to be, but she's working at a restaurant for some extra money. So, you know, and, and that's the thing. She has student loans, stuff like that. So why not work? I mean, I'm here, I'm doing my thing. You can go to work, stuff like that. But tomorrow night we're going to have a night together. So it's just that balance, man. It's so important. Looking at the future, what are you hoping to accomplish personally and professionally in the next few years? Great question. I obviously want to continue to grow our business along with my brother and my sister, uh, just grow our business and expand eventually to different areas of the state, but keep that same quality on the luxury home side. Do not want to venture into any kind of track home building or anything like that or production home keep it luxury, keep it high end, but expand, grow, you know, have a, have a design firm and with us uh, chapter and just continue the growth of the initial company real estate wise. I'd like to expand my real estate end of things. Uh, you know, I have some things in the works where just everybody's so busy right now. I've, I was in talks with some other people too, with real estate and to kind of help expand but I know they're, everybody's just busy. So I'm way, once things kind of slow down, it's like, all right, what direction and so on. So the focus has been on construction because we're so busy on that aspect. That's always my number one real estate is kind of there. It's always going to be there. And then there's my home watch and card business and so on. So, uh, growth is huge, uh, in the future, obviously. And then, um, yeah, I mean, just, keep growing individually. I mean, I'm big on personal development and growth. Uh, I took that leap probably almost three years ago now, and I haven't turned back. 
big believer in investing in yourself, spending money on yourself. Uh, there's no minimum to that. I, I'm a big believer in just, you know, if you got some cash, put it into kind of helping yourself grow. Cause I've personally figured out that that has made me just in all forms of life, a different person. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't, I'm two days away from completing 75 hard as we're sitting here and I would have never done that. I mean, you know, I'm in the construction business, a dr having a drink on a Friday after getting off work is one of the best feelings ever. And it goes 75 days without a dang, you know, just without having a drink is, is crazy, you know, and, and I don't usually drink during the week or anything. It's just, you know, being in this business and dealing with people all day and stuff, it's nice to sit down and have a beer. So in two days, I'm going to have a nice ice cold beer, but until then i got two more days you can't get complacent you got to kind of stay on the task and finish everything too so yeah i mean man just continue to grow just continue to get ahead as much as possible personally and financially and uh physically and in all aspects and mentally too and and keep you know i read books i do things i need to do and i'm a big advocate on that and yeah i mean that's pretty much hopefully for the future for someone that's listening to this interview based on your journey and experience, what tips or advice would you give to them to overcome obstacles, accomplish their goals, and rise to the challenge? I'm a big advocate on don't look into the past. Everybody looks into the rearview mirror. I see it every single day. I see it with people I know. I see it with just, you see it all over online and so on. Everybody's kind of a like, dwelling on the past or I used to be this or I used to be that I've changed my mentality obviously on my journey is I'm very forward thinking you can't change what happened in the past you there's no control over it yeah I mean you you can think about it and you and say that's who made me to who I am today but you got to be very forward thinking uh you gotta say you know once again, I said this earlier, like everybody's dealt a hand of cards. Uh, one of my mentors, Andy Frisella, actually just did a podcast on this. And this has always been replicating. I've had this on my phone forever. Play the cards you've been dealt because we're all dealt a hand. It's all how you play it. Uh, some people are dealt a better hand than others. We all know that. But everybody has an opportunity. There's always some point in their life to take that opportunity to the next level you know, I went through a divorce. If I would have stayed with who I was, I don't think I'd be where I am today. I had a great, I've had since that's happened, I've grown tremendously in all different aspects of life. Uh, and, and that was one of the key choices that I had to make to further myself personally to get ahead. So we all have major choices big advocate on this one too you're all going to have major choices throughout live there's going to be th probably three or four major major ones that are going to alter your life uh you're either going to go one direction or the other one direction is going to lead you up the other one's going to lead you kind of on a straight and narrow path the same direction or you're going to go downward you have to be the judge of that and you really have to evaluate yourself and where you're at at that point in time so you know, you see it all over social media. You see people living in the past. You see people kind of your friends are living in the past, dwelling on, you know, how they used to be or how times were. You see, you're going to see it your whole entire life growing up. Get away from, I mean, you just, 
ignore it. I'm not saying lose those friends. I'm just saying focus on yourself and just say, all right, that's great. Past is the past. It's time to think ahead of how I can get ahead, how I can personally grow, how I can self-develop myself into being something better than I am. You know, that's, that's the biggest thing with me is how can I get better? I'm nowhere near where I want to be. I mean, I have friends that think I'm see me as successful or see me as, you know, like, wow, you live here, you bought this house or wow, you're doing this, or it must be nice, you know, hearing that must be nice line. But, you know, I, I don't really get the must be nice line from my friends because they see how hard I work. They know I'm always working. They know I always have since I was young. Um, they see all the f- different things. I, I mostly get like, how are you doing that? Like, how do you have the time to do it? And it's like me and you've talked about it's time. You always have time. It's just how you work your time. And like I, me and you were talking about too, 75 hard kind of going on a rant here, but it's so important is like 75 hard has made me really evaluate time and how special it is. Cause we all have a certain little amount of time, like my divorce. I could have stayed married. I could have had kids. I could have blinked five years, 10 years, 15 years. And I wasn't happy. What was going to make me happy in that marriage? Nothing. I was not a happy person. Time is so valuable. It's moving so fast this year. We're already in March. I mean, it it feels like yesterday it was, it was January. Like I started 75 hard January 2nd or 4th. I think it was I don't even remember. And and now I'm almost done and it's already March. And I remember back then when I started, I'm like, wow, two and a half months, this is going to be forever. And it's almost over on Saturday. I'm done. It's crazy. Time is moving so fast. Use your time to the best of your ability because you're going to blink. You're going to be an old person sitting in a rocking chair. And are you going to dwell on the things you didn't do? Are you going to tell your grandkids the things you didn't do? Are you going to tell them the things you did? And are they going to have a lot of respect for all the things you did? So that's the thing. I want a bunch of people at my funeral, man. I don't, I don't know about you. So <laughs> oh, I'm in the same way. I think everything you said, everyone can utilize in their life. I think, I think I did. can't remember. I've done so many episodes where an episode where we talk about the past and how it's always a growing experience, Take mm-hmm. things and learn from each of those past items that you've had and make it a better future for yourself. And I think everything you said, we can all utilize today. And Bill, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about your rise to the challenge. You're going to be doing so many great things and we're excited to see what the future looks like for you. Yeah. Thanks, Alex. I appreciate you having me on again, man. This is awesome. You're a great host and you made it easy. So I appreciate it. Great questions. Tune in to our next guest. Talk about their rise to the challenge. Remember to follow, subscribe on all major audio platforms and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel to see the full length episode in video format. What path will you take to accomplish your goals? You decide.